Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that personalizes your path of purpose? The POP newsletter, because people of purpose, is a very short email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life each week to more personally and purposefully pursue my purpose. It will include a short update on how my podcast is helping me grow into my purpose, a quote that's been on my mind from a purposeful resource such as a podcast, book, video, or mentor, as well as a nugget of advice from my experience on how to better align and optimize your life for your purpose. And finally, I'll try to share inspiration with you on how one of our listeners is benefiting from people of purpose. So please take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. You don't even need to write a message, just include in the subject header, People of Purpose Newsletter, and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. When I was little, we were making these things, we were building sets, and we were writing stories and coming up with jokes and then filming it and editing it on huge VHS cameras that weigh 20 pounds and, you know, you have to, like, fast forward, like, <laughs> the little tiny buttons. You had to fast forward and then cut there and then, you know, kind of crop while you're shooting it. And that whole process was one of my favorite memories. People make that connection between, you know, my personal experience doing this certain thing is very much in line with the women who are going through hair loss. And then being able to have those conversations between people has, has helped me be able to talk about privilege in a way that I've never been able to talk about it before. I have felt that feeling of being other or being different. It gives you a little bit more empathy for other people and it, and it sort of forces you to listen more and understand people better. If you can show people your passion, if you can tell people about it, if you can express it in any form, that will benefit the world. And connecting yourself with others will always be a positive thing at the end of the day. I just had a wonderful interview with Katie Osborne. It was so great to get to hear um, how her purpose of connecting people and ideas and living creatively is uh, causing for a really big impact um, in her specific area that she serves. And I love how she talks about how just taking this step of action without knowing exactly where it's leading to is like so important because you find out more of who you are and you connect to new people who connect you to new people. and. You never know where it takes you um, and that power of human connectivity to you know, live a life that I think she describes as like a curvy road where um, there's bumps and twists and turns and you really don't know where it's going, but you enjoy that ride and you do something meaningful and purposeful in the world with that ride. I think that's like really, really powerful things. I 
think that you need to listen to this entire episode because especially near the end, all these disparate elements of her purpose really kind of come together. And there's a lot of wisdom that she shares of that power of connection and how to integrate your life in a way that makes sense to who you are. Also, just like the new trains of thought that we went on in this episode were really interesting to me, how she talks about how women's hair loss causes this like rift in their authenticity, but they like have to do that rift or have to act like, like someone different because they also like want to fit into society. They don't want like to be culturally isolated. Um, and on those serious topics, I think that was like very yeah, enlightening and empowering in a way too, to recognize how your privilege can help you to be more aware of, of your need and desire to help others. Yeah, she's just a wonderful role model in many ways about how to really trust your creativity. I think maybe what I love the most is how she goes all in on her creativity. Um, she had it really strong as a child. She shares this really cool story about making morning news at night with her sisters. And now she's still in business with her sisters, create, like started a creative agency that has turned into a documentary that has brought her all over the world and led her to do hundreds of interviews and even like how she's gonna release that documentary and what she's thinking about from that and then maybe what's next it's just all she's fueled by creativity um and i just love how she's just so able to build something from scratch that's so authentic to who she is yeah with all that said like just listen to the interview i think you will probably love it i definitely loved having it i think it was a very purposeful interview um but can fit any passion and purpose, any kind of person. So enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, Katie. It's great to have you on the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor to have been invited. Yeah. Well, we got connected through my friend Adam and your friend Adam. He lives such an interesting life. If anyone hasn't listened before, they should go and hear his episode on freeganism and how he dumpster dives and saves the world in the process. It's really cool. He went an entire year without buying food. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like mind boggling. It's like something to strive for, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's like a role model and in a very unique sort of way to be a role model. <laughs> so yeah, Adam connected us and I'm super happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. So you're doing really unique work yourself that I've never known much about myself. And that's like a reason that you seem to be doing the work is this is like, a big topic that affects a lot of people at a very deep level, but really isn't being part of the public discussion, public dialogue. Um, and you're creating a documentary um, to share the message of these women that are struggling with hair loss and alopecia and things of that nature. Um, maybe we could just start with you sharing what this documentary project's about and why that is something that um, helps you to fulfill your purpose. Yeah, so about three years ago, I met a woman, Margot. And uh, she came to me and my two sisters. We own a creative studio together. And she asked if we could help uh, with branding for her business called Woven. And we were going into this branding project with her and just trying to uh, learn more about her business. And she was telling us why she started it. And she told us that when she was 22 years old, I think when I met her, she was about 26. She had cancer when she was 22. And so she went through chemo and she lost her hair. And she said that was the thing that blindsided her most in the process. Um, and, you know, she's fighting for her life and it was losing her hair that really impacted her. So she was starting this business where she was trying to source hair ethically from India and then also be able to provide it at an affordable price for women who needed it. 
and it's almost like a Tom's model where she's selling extensions and then a part of those profits go towards subsidizing wigs. And then she was telling us about her upcoming trip to India. This was three years ago. And she was going to go meet with manufacturers in India to make sure that she could do it the right way. My crazy brain just leaped straight to, we should go with you. And so my youngest sister is a filmmaker. And so I was like, Andrea can do this. Absolutely. And uh, so the three of us, we did a Kickstarter. We raised almost $10,000 to get to India. We followed Margot there, and then it's just been a whirlwind ever since. And so we've been interviewing women who have had hair loss from chemo or alopecia or lupus, and just getting to hear their stories about what it's like living without hair and the things that you would never even think about, like eyebrows have a function and you know eyelashes have a function and what happens when you lose those. But then on the bigger picture, what hair means to you and your identity and who you are. And when you lose it, you lose a piece of your identity and you have to redefine you as a person and how you present yourself. So that's the gist of the film and how it got started. That's awesome. I find it fascinating that you're just like, I'm meeting this woman, Margot. I love her project. I'm just totally putting my life to that. Most people could not make that level of commitment. Why do you, what do you think was specific about this situation or set of circumstances that caused you to just take such a leap like that? So my sister, Andrea, the director also has alopecia. And so Andrea's had hair loss since she was uh, four years old. So she grew up probably from four to about 12 or 13. She had small patches of hair that were falling out. And so she would, she'd be able to cover a lot of those, but when she got to just, you know, puberty age, the worst time for this to happen, you know, she lost all her hair. So I've, as her older sister, I saw it happen. I knew it was a big deal. I knew that she had real struggles at school and socially, but I didn't really understand what it meant on a deeper level. And then when we met Margot, you know, this is decades later, I was like, oh, well, Andrea went through this and Margot went through this. Like this makes sense for us to connect these two stories. And Andrea, why would there'd be nobody else better to tell the story than Andrea? And so I had to convince her that this was the right choice because it was a very personal thing for her. And and so it's easy for me to be like, why not? Let's just do it. Uh, because I wasn't gonna have to face all of the really deep-seated issues that probably come out of when you lose your hair. So I don't know where it really came from, except that I saw the potential and I really love telling stories and I really love um, connecting people. And so this was just a really interesting way to do that on a personal level. Yeah. So before this documentary, you were telling stories, you were connecting people in more corporate sense. Would you, would you mind sharing like kind of where you came from before um, that kind of set the stage for you to take this leap of purpose? Yeah. So I was, I started out in advertising. I was working for a a large advertising firm in Chicago. And then um, I got laid off from there about like, almost, I think 10 months in, I got laid off because they were downsizing. And then I started a smaller firm and I was working on international trucks and like, I don't know anything about trucks, but okay, this is a job. 
Um, and then about a year into that, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I went to school, back to school for social psychology to get a master's. And I quit school before I got my master's. I was probably 98% done. And I was just like, this is not for me. And I got another job in marketing. And then finally, it was like, I just need to go do this myself. And so I started the business with my two sisters about 2012. Wow. Okay. I'm too curious to ask, like, 98% done with a master's. Like, that is full investment, full, like, going the whole path. Like, why, why not finish the last 2%? What was that in that decision? You know, uh, for a while, it haunted me that I was like, why didn't I just do it? I was so close. And um, it really was a heart thing. It was this feeling of the energy I'm going to put into this last 2% is really going to be a strain on me. And the people that I needed to support me were backing out. And I just didn't feel like there was a real commitment from the school to help me get there. And I know, you know, I'm, I am a self-starter. I'm going to do things to the end. And so for a while, that's why it haunted me. Cause I like, was like, I didn't finish this thing, but I knew that it was not going to serve me. And when I got to the point where I was like this, the final 2% at the end of the day, like I'm going to pay for this, literally pay for this, but I'm going to feel like I did the thing that made sense for me and where I was at, at that point. So it was being dragged out and I was getting into a new job and I had, I had very little time to spend on it. And so with that and just knowing that it wasn't going to really fulfill my purpose, I left. Wow. So you say, and in one of the articles you sent me, um, the quote is, the path that led me to where I am today is scenic and hilly with a couple of sharp turns. The pursuit of creativity has been my driver since I was knee high. Why have you chosen these specific words to describe your journey? And like, what do you mean by a pursuit of creativity? Uh, I love a good metaphor, first of all. Most of the stuff that I write has some sort of connection to a concrete visualization. I really think it's helpful for people to see things. And when I think about my journey, I, I literally think about the road what route one on the coast of california like i've driven that a couple times not me i have not driven it myself i don't know if it would take a lot for me to actually do it myself but i've been a passenger on the road um and i that feeling of like not really knowing what's around the bend and then also sort of this distraction out into the water and the horizon and um, that thrill that you get when you're going up and down the hills that is almost scary, but you know that you're safe because people do it, thousands of people do it every day, um, and that you're in a car and the car is not just going to fly off the hill. But um, those feelings of being scared but also excited is a lot of what my career has been and a lot of what I've done in my life. And so... Um, that's why that's where that visualization came from when I was trying to figure out how to describe my career. I was like thinking it is like a road, but you know, without being the cliche um, metaphor that a lot of people use. Yeah. And so I, the, and the sharp turn part and the pursuit of uh, creativity part 
really comes from this idea that I would never ever have been able to plan that this is where I would be at in my life at this point. Like there was no way when I was, you know, 10 to 12 years old, when my sisters and I have two sisters, I also have a brother. So there are four of us. The four of us would, during the summertime, we would script and uh, create news shows, like fake news shows. So it was called Morning News at Night. And when I was little, we were making these things, we were building sets and we were writing stories and coming up with jokes and then filming it and editing it on huge VHS cameras that weigh 20 pounds. And, you know, you have to like fast forward, like (laughs) the little tiny buttons, you had to fast forward and then cut there and then, you know, kind of crop while you're shooting it. And that whole process was one of my favorite memories. And I never, ever believed that that could be the thing that I could do in my life for a career. So I think that's another reason why when Margot, when that came up, I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is when we get to recreate our morning news at night moments and build the story from scratch. Um, And it was a really good story. So this pursuit of creativity has been a part of me for a long, long time. And everything I do, even when I was in school for psychology, I was like, I need to, the research part of it, my favorite part about research was coming up with the idea and coming up with the process and how to get to the data. And then the actual data crunching, I was like, nah, <laughs> someone else can do this part. But the, the process of putting together the actual study, that to me was very creative. And I really loved that part. And advertising obviously is creative, but also the problem solving involved in documentary making, trying to figure out, you know, how are you going to distribute it? How do you get people to see it? How do you tell the story so that it makes sense, but also is going to captivate people? Um, all those things are very creative things. And so when something starts to feel like a drain or it's not really feeding my creative spirit, I tend to just um, move on or innovate or, you know, evolve. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's a, a big thing that a big reason I wanted to have you on was like your story is remarkable how you stay so committed to that sense of childlike creativity that um, feels so purposeful to us when we're young and then we just kind of like let it slowly die as we get older. But you've actually like amplified it as you've gotten older, especially like since you quit the masters. Like, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like that kind of fed into your boutique creative agency. Is that right? Amelia Street Studio? Yeah, and the application of creativity that I think, especially with the masters, it was so theoretical that it never really felt right. And so I was like, that really getting your hands dirty in the creative process was what I was looking for. And so the boutique agency, when we started it, we wanted to work with other people who are willing to go all in on the very unpredictable, exciting, scary process of building something from scratch and never really being able to know what is going to be on the other side of it, but knowing that our skills, our talents, our perseverance is going to get us a product that we're going to love and it's going to be very different. And so, again, you know, at the beginning of this year, my sisters and I made the decision to. Um, dissolve the creative studio part of our business and we started wrapping up all of our client work and that decision came out of 
this feeling of, you know, can we still create the things that are going to feed our spirit or are we just doing this business because it's a business and we have clients who need us and that's the whole point. So you lost focus of the main reason that you started it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons why it wasn't working, you know, but at the end of the day, my sisters and I wanted to preserve our relationship and make sure that our sister relationship was intact and that our friendship, I mean, we, we truly are best friends. Um, our friendship and our sisterhood was intact at the end of it. And that, you know, we were be able, we were able to do the creative pursuit that we'd all been looking for. And we realized, you know, I think it was going to have to take us to go off and do it individually and then see what happens. And I don't know, maybe we'll come back together at some point. Yeah. Do you have any advice um, just briefly? I know this is maybe a little off topic, but like about going into business with family or with your sisters? Yeah. You know, I think uh, communication is absolutely the key. And the thing that my sisters and I were really, really good at was um, separating our sister relationship from our business relationship. So when things were sour in the business relationship, as with any business partnership, uh, that rarely bled over into our sister relationship and our friendship. So we could have an argument earlier in the day about business and then, you know, we'd have a family outing and it never felt awkward or weird. And I think that just is a testament to our family. You know, we're just a really close knit family and, and we really trust each other. There's a trust there. And I think um, if you can trust your family, that they will have your back no matter what, um, then, then I, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting pursuit. It is not for everybody, but you have to, you really have to know that there are going to be moments that are hard and you have to make decisions that are going to benefit some and not others. And, and if you can, if you can separate all of those patterns that you've built as sisters, if you can take that out of the equation, um and truly look at it from a business perspective then um then you can you can have some success doing it yeah definitely that's awesome that's good advice so you dissolved the studio and now you are in full pursuit of this documentary how has this documentary drawn from like truer passions of yours truer sense of purpose um you mentioned that it combines human behavior and creativity could you make that more um I don't know, tangible to me, like what that means? Yeah. So uh, psychology, I've been a real nerd about psychology for a long time. I, I went to undergrad for psychology and um, my unfinished master's in psychology. And that whole thing in psychology is understanding why people do what they do and um, really getting to the root cause of someone's thoughts, beliefs, and feelings. and um, and then how that impacts their behaviors. And so this documentary has really helped me explore that. It's the longest ethnographic study that I've ever done. It really has been three years of following people around, asking them questions, really listening and not talking and, um, and getting to see 
the real reasons why someone does what they do, and then the mental process that they go through every single day. So what are the things, what are some of the mental hurdles you have to get over just to go outside? What are some of the things that um, stop you from doing something and avoiding certain situations? And so that human behavior piece of it has been really fun to explore. And then um, the creativity part is the problem solving and the storytelling and piecing it all together. And the thing with advertising was you were making the puzzle, you were creating the picture, and you're building that from scratch. And the documentary is all the pieces are there and the puzzle is slowly revealing itself to you and you have to kind of fit all the pieces in together to see how to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. So what is included in the documentary? What, um, what is like, can you maybe tell like one remarkable story or some beautiful, um, yeah, beautiful story that's come out of this documentary? Yeah, so uh, Ebony is one of our really inspirational subjects who we've followed now for almost three years. She, uh, she's had alopecia a long time too. She grew up with it. She, um, I think, I think she's 28 now. And so we, we met her, she was, I think 26 and, um, she was just about to enter the Miss Michigan pageant. And so she went from a young kid who was bullied at school and really struggled with dealing with hair loss. And, you know, she didn't have means and access to good hair, good wigs. And so she, you know, she was kind of forced to use um, wigs that her mom had made for her. And so, go and you know how kids are there, they can be so mean. And so she grew up just like sort of lack of confidence and realized like, I can, I can turn this around and I can help other people not be bullied. And she decided her platform was going to be the Miss Michigan pageant. And so she, um, I know it's major. Yeah. And so she went and she did it and she, uh, revealed herself and she was able to really take all that energy from the audience and use that to propel herself into a position where she could be a spokesperson for alopecia and she's, um, and so we followed her through this process and we've seen her give speeches at, you know, the National Alopecia Foundation con um, Conference. And she's very vocal on Instagram and she's on Facebook and she tells people these experiences that she has, you know, at, at work where a little girl will be there staring at her and her mom will like not really know what to say because right now she, she goes without wearing a wig for the most part. She lives her life mostly bald at this point and so she's becoming a she's a, a poster woman for this condition and she's having to explain to people what it is and so we've seen her blossom majorly over the last couple years and she's come to a couple of our pre-screening preview of, uh, screening events and fundraisers with her mom and we interviewed her mom and her mom is like really the most lovely supportive confident lady and um she's become you know our our mom too and so i was just talking to my mom a couple weeks ago and um my mom said that she was talking to ebony's mom at one of our events and e ebony's mom told her that you know 
it was because of the documentary that Ebony really had the confidence and felt compelled to go do these bigger, awesome things because we validated her story. And so we were there at a moment where she needed to know that what she was doing was important. And the documentary gave her the courage to go do these things. And you can never um, prove that, you know, she wouldn't have gone and done these things anyways. But I do think that we were the catalyst and I think we fueled the fire. And, um, and my mom telling that to me, you know, I didn't, get to talk to Ebony's mom about it, but it really came at a moment where, you know, I have felt like, are we still doing this? Like, is this still meaningful? Does this, the time we're spending on the documentary, is it going to make the impact it needs to make for this to all be worth it? But when I realized that this film really is impacting on a very, very deep level, all the women that we've interviewed and all of them have come out on the other side, um, with you know a bit more courage and a bit more confidence and to see that and know that we had a piece in that um really just like it doesn't even matter if anybody sees it at this point i know we've we've made a difference that's awesome yeah yeah like thank you for taking the time to share this story on behalf of all these women uh, during this interview um, yeah, it's really cool to see how, how driven you are by that greater sense of purpose, like beyond yourself. Um, so you talked about like how you kind of have this, these women face this, um, this like rift in their identity where um, they want to be authentic to who they are, but they also want to like fit in and not be culturally isolated. Could you speak to like what, what maybe, what vision you have for your documentary kind of um, bringing that rift to like a close? Yeah, the the thing about hair is uh, a lot of times you don't think about it until it's not there or it's a mess or it's just not doing what you want it to do. And um, for most people, it really is a part of who they are. And the women that we talk to, when when they lose their hair, they describe it as having to look at themselves and not know who they are anymore. So they look in a mirror and they just, it's a completely different person. And how that psychologically and mentally and emotionally impacts your every single day and how, you know, people can tell you every single minute, you're beautiful as you are, you're perfect as you are, except the way you are, it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't still sting. and. Um, and that you're still getting, you're still grieving the loss of it. And, and what we've come to realize is that everybody has had that feeling before, that feeling of not fitting in and feeling a little bit other or different and maybe avoiding a situation because you don't want to have to face that. And hair loss is, um, is, is special because it is a thing that you have to face every single day and you look in the mirror and you see it every single day. So you can't avoid it. And, um, wigs are a way for women to go out into the world and not have to, um, be their disease or be their condition. They can, they can be themselves again. And, um, and a lot of the documentary is about all the problems with the industry, the human hair industry and insurance industry 
and all these other systems that are in place that are should be helping these women but aren't and they're actually um, either exploiting the women or leaving them very vulnerable and um, it, and I the thing that I've really enjoyed the most is getting to see people who they've watched bits of the film or they've seen you know 15 minute preview of um, the stuff we've already we've already uh, shot and they'll say wow I had those exact exact same feelings when I was going through you know um, a period where you know I was feeling overweight and I had those exact same feelings where I'd go out into the world and I just assumed everybody was looking at you know my problem areas and and then people who have told me you know I you know as a as a gay woman I've had those feelings where I've had to change the way I dress or change the way I talk because I want to be able to fit in and I don't want the stigma attached to you know me being gay and um and even you know my my african-american friend she talks about how like as a black woman you know sometimes she has to go into a situation she has to change the way she is so that people don't think she's angry all the time and you know or feel you know offended by the way she talks and so this topic hair specifically is a really good entry point into some of those really um other social issues that are very, very prevalent in our lives. And even last night I was trying to think like, why is hair um, a topic that is a lot easier for people to talk, talk about and why does it eventually turn into a bigger, uh, a bigger conversation about, you know, inclusion and acceptance. And um, I was thinking it, you know, there's, there's privilege in a way where it's like the systemic privilege where there's a, there's power and lack of power and who has the power. And it's because the systems that are in place are creating the power or no power. But then there's also this um, kind of like micro privilege where there's something in my everyday life that I think about that other people don't have to think about. So hair is a re very relatable thing because if I go through the day, I don't have to think about wind and I don't have to think about, you know, um, if it's raining today, is my wig going to get wet? And, you know, I don't have to think about sweat. If I'm sweating, my wig is going to shift and I'm going to have to worry about that or my eyebrows are going to droop on my face. And those kind of, that kind of mental energy that you have to spend on thinking about those things is the mental energy that you can't spend on taking care of your family or, you know, working on your studies and, um, and just like living life. And so the, I have privilege because I don't have to waste energy on those kinds of things. And so we've had these talks about privilege and they've, um, and talking about those day-to-day -day privileges that you have is real, a lot easier to talk about than to say, you know, this system gives this person power, doesn't give that power, give that person power. And, you know, it's steeped in historical context and all that stuff. And you feel like you have to know a lot to be able to talk about it. Everybody can talk about what it's like living your daily life and the things that you have to think about that other people don't have to think about. Definitely. Yeah, it's an equity thing. It's a uh... Yeah, like I'm being reminded of like code switching is what it sounds like where you have to 
um, talk or act in a certain way in certain contexts and then be a different person in a different one. And you kind of disassociate from like your true authentic self in a way in order to appease others. And that's what you have to do to be on an even playing field with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, the thing I've found the most rewarding is when people make that connection between, you know, my personal experience doing this certain thing is very much in line with the women who are going through hair loss. And, um, and then being able to have those conversations between people and making those connections with the experiences and those ideas and those feelings um, has, has helped me be able to talk about privilege in a way that I've never been able to talk about it before. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So now that you are more aware of like your sense of privilege, um, how do you feel that you are maximizing or using it mindfully um, to really move the ball forward on this sort of topic? I have become much more um, social. I'm an introvert at heart. I really like, I'm a little bit of a homebody. Like I always have this like social anxiety when it comes to going out and talking to people and small talk. It's just like, gives me the heebie-jeebies, but you know, this documentary has really given me a chance. It's given me a platform to have really authentic conversations with people. And so uh, one by one, everybody I talk to when I get into the topic of the documentary, people light up and they're just like, wow, tell me more. And that makes conversation so much easier when it's like, there's this thing that someone can connect with immediately. And you're not having to sort of like dig through and understand like, what do you do? What is that? I don't understand the industry. Um, but to be able to have really deep conversations with people right off the bat uh, is super exciting for me. And it, it avoids all of the small talk. We just get to go in and really like dive super deep. And it doesn't feel like a drain. It's actually very energizing for me. And so um, doing podcasts, like I probably would have just been like, no, it's okay. But because it's a thing that I love and it's so exciting and the people I talk to love it so much, it's easy for me to go on and talk about it. And so I've become much more extroverted myself doing through the process. That's an interesting insight. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, um, and then I get to talk to more and more people and having these conversations, I see the connection they make in their own minds between you know, yeah, I, I've, I have felt that feeling of being other or being different. And then um, it gives you a little bit more empathy for, for other people. And it, and it sort of forces you to listen more and, and understand people better. That's powerful. That's a powerful way in which that's developed you and found you finding your voice and your sense of purpose. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you must be really excited with life right now. Yes. <laughs> People of Purpose is launching its very first ever course, Path to Purpose. Path to Purpose is a new course I'm launching born from the powerful People of Purpose podcast. It draws on a lot of the concepts and messages of the podcast, but it is the very first course and one-on-one coaching program built by me, your podcast host, Tanner Badgley. 
I've built this course to create strategies, practices, and actions that allow you to trailblaze yourself down your most authentic path of purpose. It's called Path to Purpose. Over our three months together, each member of the program will learn everything they need to successfully carve out their own path to purpose. Our purpose-seeking students will learn about nine different areas of their lives that they can better understand, practice, and master to open up their path to purpose. This individualized course will conclude with a self-designed three-week final project that propels you down your own, very own, dreamlined path to purpose. I, Tanner Badgey, will be with you all the way, hosting weekly one-on-one -on -one phone conferences, facilitating all course content, and being available for any question you may have along the way. Everyone taking the course will be walking their own journey, but you won't feel alone in the process. You'll have a team to support your growth. It took a 50-foot fall down the mountain at Yosemite National Park to reach rock bottom and another concussion, breakup, and death in the family and purposeless job to find myself back there. I know the pains of living a life without direction, without guidance, vision, or support. I know how hard it is to decipher what works and what is just gimmicky marketing set up for someone else's success in your pain. I believe the world needs more purposeful people more than ever. It is waiting and ready for you to come alive. That's why I've designed a holistic course that will move you from pain into passion and purpose. This course incorporates my learnings from hosting 40 plus podcast interviews with some of the most purposeful people you'll meet, insights from my 10 day silent meditation course in Thailand, takeaways from my month long yoga teacher training in India, and the multi-year ongoing rehab from life-changing brain injuries. This course is a product of my intense mission to find purpose as I move to Thailand all by myself to teach English and blog about the learnings of my life. Now that I am living from a place of my truest identity and purpose, it's time to teach and guide others into theirs. Today, I have so many powerful habits, routines, and mindsets that I draw from every day, and it's time to use them to create a more joyful, loving, kind, happy, peaceful, and purposeful world. Welcome to our first ever course of Path to Purpose. If you or a loved one is interested in joining our next cohort, send me a direct message at People of Purpose or an email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. Spots are limited and it's first come, first serve. When I was stuck in a dark room for a month on work leave from suffering my fourth concussion in the middle of a cold Minnesota winter and in denial of a breakup that was never coming back, I didn't know for sure if I'd ever get back my joy, meaning, and satisfaction with life. It took intentional work, undying belief, and the right people and opportunities to come into my life. I was able to get my best self back, and you can too. I believe we each have a responsibility to find our purpose. The world needs you to come alive for the sake of each other and for the sake of our planet. I know that together through purpose, we can wake up that core part of us that remains dormant, untapped, unutilized, and underappreciated. Path to Purpose will water this little seed at the seed of your soul, and over time it will grow and blossom into a forest of purpose. Make sure you give yourself the best gift you could ever give or receive. Sign up for our next Path to Purpose course and give yourself a sense of meaning and purpose for the rest of your life. Here's to becoming people of purpose. Yeah, like how it seems like you have found success in this project in ways that maybe most would struggle with. Like you raised $10,000 immediately and then turned into $20,000. How does your passion towards this play a role in the success of others being on board? How have you been able to assemble like a team and get women involved and all this sort of stuff? 
you know, the, um, the, my realization is that people are itching to talk about these things and they just, either they don't know how, or they haven't had a chance or they haven't had someone to listen. And, uh, and so when, whenever I present this topic to somebody and open the conversation, it usually turns into another, it it turns into an hour long talk because it's hard to stop. And so it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, what do you call it? Like a a hose that you can't turn off. (laughs) And so this, this whole thing is just, um, when you can show other people how important it is and, um, and the fact that I ha- I don't have to try very hard to show people that it's an important topic that, that keeps me going, but I don't have to convince somebody that hair is important to your identity. Um, people understand that. And so then it really is the doorway to a much deeper conversation and realizing that people want to have these deep conversations and they want to connect and they want to have um, an understanding of each other. And, you know, today, these days we live in, you know, it's really easy to feel divided. Um, but really if we just listen and we really just take that time to have the conversation, that's what's so exciting is, you know, this is, it, hair is the point of the film, but it is really just a doorway to a lot of other um ways to connect and understand yeah um so how does connecting for all of these reasons um how is that driving you like are you becoming more aware of like the path that you're on or does it still feel like this wide open thing that you could you know go anywhere on eventually uh it is not clear at all and the path keeps changing and switching on us and I really have um learned to trust my instincts and uh when the universe throws something at me it's for a reason and when I put something out into the universe I trust that it's going to come back so there's been just a lot of trust in the universe lately just understanding that I I can be patient, but I also, I can be impatient too. I'm allowed to be impatient and I want things to happen. And the way to make things happen is to ask for it and put it out there and talk to people and find someone who's done it and do, do an action. And it's not about just saying it out loud and then sitting in my room and waiting, but really putting it out there and then just being in the world and um, being present in every space that you're in um and what was your question again <laughs> no that's fine that's you've you fully answered it <laughs> okay good yeah well, I, I think what, what you say about like just taking an action um even if it doesn't quite make sense in like the whole grand scheme of things like if you have a feeling and you feel compelled to do something like taking that action it i agree so much with that it like opens up the next um like next path of action. And then all of a sudden you're doing something that is super meaningful. Um, that's like how my podcast started. I started 14 months ago and 
it started because I was having so many conversations with people about how this feels like the right thing to do. I have all these people in my life I've been learning from as I've been traveling around the world and it's time to showcase their stories and build a platform to help people find their sense of purpose. And it's, it's turned into this remarkable adventure that like never would have known, you know, would happen if it wasn't for this specific feeling or set of circumstances that maybe just take that first action of like inviting my friends to sit down and record them. Yes, absolutely. That's so great. Cause it, you know, if I didn't have my sister who's a filmmaker, I probably would have a podcast because <laughs> it'd be the only way I could tell these stories. But I, the, the feeling of just doing something and figuring it out. I love that. I think it's, I think it's super fun. The, I think my, the thing that works so well with my sister and I is that she is not like that. She is, she thinks about things. She ruminates. She's very thoughtful in her process. And she is, she's the pessimist and I'm the optimist and we need each other. Um, I need her to ground me sometimes to be like, okay, Katie, you have this great idea, but we can't do every single great idea. We have to also be strategic about what we're doing because we don't have more than 24 hours in a day. And so even today, I had a conversation with one of our filmmaker friends and we've, um, Andrea and I have hit this wall in our story. Um, we've been putting together kind of like a, we're calling it a, like a paper edit. So it's basically writing what the story is. And we've gotten to this point where we just completely keep hitting the same wall and I don't really know what the resistance is and I can't figure it out. And so inside of me, I just think we're, we're missing something or, you know, maybe the format we have isn't right or the structure isn't right. And um, maybe if we flip the story on its head is, you know, maybe that'll help us fix the problem. And then we talked to a friend today she said, you know, it would be really interesting if this was actually an interactive documentary. So like a web-based, um, interactive, sort of very engaging documentary. And it's not just a linear documentary, but more like a choose your own adventure. And this was a thought that we'd had earlier this year. And we sort of put it on the back burner and haven't revisited it for a long time. And then, you know, for my friend to come in at this point and say that when we've been hitting this wall is me thinking, okay, universe, like, is this the sign? Is this the thing you're trying to say? Like change course? Um, you know, we're not ditching the work we've done, but it is a little bit of a shift. And, you know, I, I am much more like, yes, whatever you say, I will follow. Whereas Andrea is like, no, Katie, we cannot change again. We're not going to do this again. We're on a path, stick to the path. And so this tension that we have between us, I think we have learned how to deal with it. I think uh, if it was a year and a half ago, we would have just, you know, bit each other's heads off and left the room. Um, but we've gotten to the point now where we've appreciated the different perspectives and understood that it's important to have both of those. Um, the push and pull. And so, you know, who knows what the next step is, but, you know, I think the both of us have a chance to sit down and really think about it. Um, so there's, there's both sides. There's sort of following your intuition and following whatever your gut feeling is or your heart, your soul. But there's also a little bit of a practical side where you can't just keep, 
you know, flying by the seat of your pants and, you know, where the, wherever the wind takes you, because then you have no direction. Right. Do you think that your attempts to connect all these like disparate dots and components, do you think that can create like a chasm or a division in your understanding of your purpose? I think, um, I really, I really believe that this documentary has helped me find a, uh, find a direction for my purpose. And the thing is that everything I've done, no matter how long I've done it has been a stepping stone to the next thing. And I never could have done, I never could have gotten to this point where I'm at without doing all the things I did before, whether it was fun or not. And it gave me the learning opportunity to be able to take the next step. And every time something feels like a total random thing, I look back on it and I say that was meant to be, and I was meant to have that conversation or be in that place or learn that thing. Um, because it's come back, you know, years later, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I now, now I know why. So I never judge the randomness or the all overness that I sometimes am. I, I, um, but I, I, there are some times where I have to sit down and be like, okay, focus you know, feel the direction and, um, you can follow your gut, but also you have to be strategic with your time. And, uh, and then it really, everything is, my purpose is singular, but the way it manifests itself is all over the place. Yeah, definitely. Could you restate your purpose again? So we can like be reminded of what we're talking about specifically. Yeah. So my purpose is to connect people so they can create partnership and community, connect human experience to foster empathy, and then connect ideas to spur innovation. And um, sometimes those are all connected. Sometimes those are all headed in the same direction. Uh, and sometimes they're, they're just a, a path on their own. Right. But they have a common word, and that's connection in everyone. Yeah, you really play around with that word because uh, in many ways, like your story is very disconnected. Um, I, I have the same kind of thing going on with myself, and I wonder, like, do I really need to explain this logically to somebody because it feels like it's all connected and integrated with me? But, like, it's in a unique it, – it's only a creative person who's like willing to take that leap of faith towards their creativity would understand that they all connect. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, I think, uh, whoever came up with the word side hustle was genius because it lets me describe all the things I do as a side hustle. <laughs> so then people are like, okay, cool. Got it. It's on the side. And yeah. Yep. In my free time. Because people assume that the main is like, I don't know. You got to have a main gig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really it's just, yeah, you can, I, I, it is, it is stepping outside that box of what's traditional and traditional is you got a nine to five job and you know, you work and then you have other fun things that you do. And um, I am fortunate enough to be able to do all the things that I want to do. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think like that's like a huge part of the answer is like, what are people trying to search for in their whole like mainstream path? Like they're not fine. I, I'm not finding that people are like super ecstatic about their lives if they're just doing, you know, the main thing that other people have told them to do. It's it's people like you that um, are doing all these side things that make sense to them. And then they're following those passions um, and they're, yeah, they're finding like they're do having the experiences, the feelings, the relationships that make sense for like them at a very core level. I think that's like what we're all seeking um, when we do things. Um, but also like you there you have this component of like really wanting to help others and really wanting to spread the message of others. And I think like that combination is common to every one of my guests that I have. It's like I feel like a selfish reason for me to start this podcast is to really understand what it means to live purposefully because that's just like a word you can say, but like it has, it's very hard to pin down what that means. Um, my, one of my last guests, you called it a squishy term, like you kind of get there, but it doesn't like have a bottom to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I really like to play around with, you know, blurring those lines and, I think you do too. And it's really um, inspirational to see someone else that's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I think there's the, the weight of the word purpose, even just like before the podcast started, I was like, I'm going to talk about purpose. Okay. What is my purpose? And then, and you're like, Oh no, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. You know, if it, if it feels authentic to you, then, then it's, then it's it. That's it. But each of those elements that you listed in your three sentence statement of purpose um, is common amongst everything you choose to do. Yeah. 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 Cool. And you have fulfilled the assignment. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm not, I'm 100%, not 98%. I'm 100% on purpose. Awesome. Yeah. Master's degree in purpose. Yes. <laughs> so what's next for the PhD? Uh, that is a really good question. Um, the, there's a part of me that thinks, okay, I've learned all this stuff about documentary filmmaking. Why would I not use it to make more documentary films? Uh, that would only make sense. But another piece of me is like, I'm exhausted. Filmmaking is hard. It's a real grind to get funding. Um, is that really the best way to fulfill my purpose? You know, the story I have presently is something I'm very, very, very passionate about. You know, if another thing like that comes up again, I could see where I could do this again and I would enjoy it, but I'm not going to promise to make another film. Um, and so a lot of my day now is, um, when I'm not thinking about documentary or my other side hustles, it is, what is, what do I want to do next? And that's the fun part. I used to, it used to not be fun to think about that, but now I, I do, um, I do like exploring options and just seeing what. Do you tend to branch off of something that was particularly fulfilling, say in documentary filmmaking, or do you just totally go on a whole new universe? So I really love making things. Um, I feel the most fulfilled when I'm making something tangible and with my hands um, and, you know, getting to kind of step away from the computer and then also um, selling it is fun. I, like, I like the thrill of like trying to figure out what it is, something that would 
want to make someone buy something. Um, but also in a very sustainable way. So the, the earth is a really big passion of mine and, um, trying to figure out how to change our, uh, capitalistic consumer lifestyles into something that's actually going to benefit people and the earth. So that has been a, a long time thing that I haven't ever pursued like as a career. It's just sort of been a, a personal passion of mine. So I have a feeling if I were to bet on something, it probably will end up being something that's in the sustainable, environmental, um, but also consumer world. Huh. Cool. You're not going to get trapped by your success. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. There, I think, and I think success for us is defined very differently than from most people, but we'll see. Well, I mean, I'll be interested to see how the film takes off and then, you know, maybe we get to the point where that part of getting to watch people watch it and getting people to talk about it will make me want to do this again. Yeah. Because you're really stuck in the grind part of it and that ends eventually and then you get to reap the rewards of all the seeds that you've sowed in the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm not promising anything, I guess. But I'm sure you'll be talking to some like movie, like film reviewer, critic, and they'll mention some course that you could teach in some place and you'll just make the move and then you'll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. Uh, what I, I wrote you this question and you highlighted it as one of the ones you particularly liked. Um, never asked anyone on my podcast, but like, what's the secret thing that you're most proud of that most people don't know about? Um, I'm a little bit, so, the, uh, I'm a little bit of a hoarder. Um, and it's because I dumpster dive. That's how Adam and I connected was I go through alleys and I, 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 literally cannot like just walk by a piece of furniture that's in the alley without being like, Hmm, what could I use that for? Um, and so I like collecting those things and then trying to figure out ways to use them. So, uh, the thing I'm most proud of right now is my Christmas tree because, uh, I had last year I dumpstered, I went around in the alleys and I found people were just dumping their wreaths. So when Christmas was over, they would just dump their Christmas wreaths out in the alley. And I was like, these are not just branches. It also has a very heavy duty wire attached to the branches. And this is just going to end up in the trash. So I started collecting. All, I was driving around collecting wreaths after Christmas that were dying and, um, and taking all the branches out, which actually is not as, it's not as easy as it looks. So taking pliers, like undoing every single, um, uh, wire tying thing and then taking all the branches out and then I just had a collection of wire rings and so this year you know I was like okay what what way what's a non-traditional tree that we could have because I don't want to go cut down a tree and so I turned these rings into like a circular Christmas tree almost like a tiered tree and then we hung all the ornaments on um on our non-traditional tree and it looks beautiful and it's really cute. And, you know, my daughter doesn't know any different. <laughs> she doesn't know what a Christmas tree is. She's two and a half. Um, so the, to her, this is like amazing. And it's really easy for her to hang ornaments. And so this thing of 
reporting that feels like could be, you know, perceived as negative. I really, I love that moment where you're like, holy crap, I have these wreath rings in my basement and I could paint them and they could be a tree. And that is the most exciting thing that happens in my life. And I just, every day, um, every moment I have those, I, I relish them because I, I just think it's so much fun. Wow, that's cool. That's really spontaneous of you. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's de definitely not ordinary to do that. That's cool. <laughs> um, and then also I wanted to know about, um, on a more serious note, what advice would you give someone who feels glimpses of their purpose, but is maybe too unsure to take the big risks to find it? Um, it's, it's never a risk to talk to people and, you know, having conversations with somebody who is doing something that you like or admire or enjoy. And, um, I have found in all of my experience that for the most part, people want to talk about what they do. So um, even if it's somebody that you're like, oh, that person would never spend time talking to me, you never know who's going to have, who's going to get excited about talking about themselves. And so if you can just take the time to reach out to people, you know, set up a call, set up a meeting and just learn about someone, how someone else has done it, you'll realize that for the most part, everybody is making this up. Like <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing. And especially in the film world, I've learned that everybody that I look at and I say, wow, they really have it together. They are completely making it up. And we're all just flying by the seat of our pants. And you never really know how hard it is until you get into it and having the ignorance of not knowing. And I've heard this, other people say this too, not, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I never would have done it. So there's a point where you talk to people to learn more and just understand if it sounds like it's a good fit, but then also not knowing too much that you're going to be afraid to do it. And so I, they're just taking that first step um, is an easy one. And then that next step is also an easy one. And every step after is easy. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that answer. I like, I'm finding that out too. As a young adult, I'm realizing like, can be who you want to be in this world. You, yeah. You um, create a dream, you take steps towards it as you, fulfill aspects of that dream you grow in your confidence you try to assemble a team or collect sponsors or um, organize something that most people would never think is possible and it's like connecting humans is super powerful yeah so like i love using that to um manipulate people to come together mm -hmm. yeah but it can also be used to manipulate people for negative reasons too but I, I really like to like dis continue to discover that and then like, play with that to like design the kind of life that you, I want to live and bring people together in the process in ways that are extraordinary. Yeah, the the fundraising efforts that we've done have been really really hard work, but um, you realize that people want they want to give they want to participate they want to be a part of something. And if it's something that's going to 
be meaningful and it's going to, you know, make difference in their lives and other people's lives. It's not work. It's hard, but it's not work. Well, that's a great thought to leave on because yeah, like it is, it, it's hard, definitely hard to have a podcast, to be mm-hmm. a teacher, to be in grad school, um, to have a, like, I have a long distance girlfriend. It's hard, but like, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like I'm, um, I'm living some sort of life I don't want to be living. Like this is exactly where I'm in the exact right place, doing the right things at the right time. And even if I do have like some sort of stumble or setback or sense of failure, like those are like necessary components of your path to purpose that will propel you even like closer and you'll be find more alignment with your authenticity. Um, you have to make the choice to do it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, you have any final thought to leave us with um, before? Oh, the pressure. <laughs> um, I, I think if you can show people your passion, if you can tell people about it, if you can express it in any form, if it's podcast, if it's visual, if it's making something, if it's just having lunch with somebody, like that will benefit the world for sure. And connecting yourself with others will always be a positive thing at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you. I'm so happy we were able to connect. Yeah, me too. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for organizing. Thank you, Katie. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sales and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 